0: I feel the future of our business, the future of accounting, lies between finance and accounting and technology. And this is how we're utilizing both of those to create the greatest report, is to be able to show that even if the operational system is more complicated or it's technology-wise a little more advanced, we're able to bring out those data and make it speak with the rest of the financial side. Thank you to
1: our sponsor ApprovalMax for making this episode possible. ApprovalMax is the number one tool to get bills and expenses approved quickly. It replaces paper and email approvals with automated approval workflows. ApprovalMax integrates with platforms such as QuickBooks Online, Xero, and Oracle NetSuite to unlock powerful efficiencies for approvers and finance teams. Stay tuned to learn more later in the episode about how ApprovalMax can streamline your approval workflow. If you'd like to earn CPE credit for listening to this episode, visit earmarkcpe.com, download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. Continuing education has never been so easy. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Earmark Podcast. I, as always, am Blake Oliver, CPA, your host. And joining me today is Felix Latour. Felix, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Blake. Thank you for for inviting me. Great to have you. I understand that you are based in Montreal, in Canada. Yesterday was our... uh, election here in the United States, <laughs> um, <laughs> our, our midterm elections. Does, does anything that happens here politically affect your clients, or is that something you pay attention to? We are
0: paying attention to it for sure, because everything that happens politically on your side still has repercussion our way. We just had our election in Quebec precisely, and in, in our province early in October, and uh, it was leaning with the same sentiment as it was leaning your way this midterm. So uh, politics affects us. I wouldn't say that the midterms necessarily have a, a direct impact on our on our business, but we pay attention to it for sure. I was on my television watching this last night for sure.
1: I, I've stopped watching it because we never know the Jeez. answers now. We never know the results until yeah, weeks later. Indeed. It's funny though, like we have this technology and somehow 20 years ago, we used to know the answer pretty much the night of and now we have to wait weeks. It's it seems like we've gone backwards in time somehow.
0: Yes, it'd be this morning. We don't
1: know anything for sure. We'll still have yeah. to, to wait a couple of days. Well, Felix, I'd love to learn a bit about your firm and your background in accounting. Your firm is called Lay Controller. She or is it yes, Lay or La? Lay. Lay Controller? Yeah, le La. la. Yes. I'm totally butchering it. I apologize. No, you worries. Are, you are part of the French uh, speaking uh, French first you know businesses in Montreal and in Canada. <laughs> I'd love to know about your
0: firm, how you started and what your focus is. Le contrôleur means financial control in English. The the idea is to have to have a brand name that was really synonymous with what we do with how we change our clients' business life to uh, a little over 3 years ago, my partner and I will started uh, started this firm with the intention of making a big change in daily and monthly accounting for our, our clients and uh, businesses here in Quebec. So we're a French speaking business. You'll hear it in my accent, but uh, we we deal with mostly French speaking client. We have some English speaking client, but mostly uh, mostly French as Quebec is a bilingual province if you know so uh we deal with only Quebec uh, Quebec clients at the moment and what we do is a little different than most accounting firm we don't do any year end accounting so we're specifically specialized in financial control as we as we call it so the whole monthly accounting setup so we do all that a bookkeeper would do, all that a financial controller would do, all that a internal accountant would do. And we based our whole practice and our whole team on having multi-tiered uh, level of accounting specialists. So we have bookkeepers, we have uh, CPAs, uh, accountants of, uh, of experience in, in other accounting firms of year-end accounting firms. We have more operational accountant internally that do different part of the whole cycle so we do the whole monthly cycle and the idea is to end up with a product on which we can produce reporting forecasting for all our clients monthly so we always say as a joke to our clients or our lead that it's a mandatory uh it's a mandatory reporting so every month all of our clients receive a full-fledged report based not only on their accounting and financial uh, months but also that touches their, their operations or that gives KPI that are more close to what they're actually doing in operation. So a, a full-fetched report on which we, we talk to them, we, we understand their vision long-term, their vision short-term, and we build objectives to, to go on. So all our clients are, I would say, growing businesses, businesses that want to, Push the, the barrier. They're not looking for a bookkeeper. They're, they're looking for someone who can actually bring them not only accounting knowledge and financial wisdom, but also pushing the barrier forward technologically and financial-wide to produce reports that can actually help them. We see so many in, a, in our past lives, my partner and I, we've seen so much of bland reports that didn't do an actual change in. The client's life we're always looking to understand their objective like i said to produce something that they will keep for months on and that that will build with them right so uh, we're now a team of a little over 10 people at the moment and growing strong too because the uh, like i i've heard in so many of the other podcasts this this idea of giving great value to client financially and Building them to be financially literate and better understanding their operations and their business has tremendous value for growth and tremendous value for, for just building out a better, happy life for our clients.
1: So that's very different than most most firms, which tend to be focused Indeed. on year-end tax compliance. Uh, doing They might be doing the books, but it's generally for doing a tax return. You are doing the books but you're also doing more than bookkeeping you're providing controllership level services it sounds like there's cfo level
0: type services in there yes in some cases well. yeah in mm. some cases so the the big difference than what we do is first doing month end compared to year end that's a big change the second thing is technology technologically wise so we have a whole tech stack we call it the 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 recipe the ecosystem financially that we implement at our at our clients business for them to better understand some parts of their business to add value to their accounting system that they already have add value to their team internally so there's a big difference in our business based on what we're reporting on month and not year end but also how we're doing it the technology behind how we're building this this accounting ecosystem
1: I love also that you focus your marketing on your website on providing this corporate finance solution. Uh, Google translated your headline on your website to innovative solutions in corporate finance. Is that a good translation? (laughs) Yes, it is. The
0: the idea is to elevate our small business because we're working with businesses that have 10 employees, 50 employees, 75 employees to elevate those teams as having a great financial control, a great solution for finance that is closer to what bigger businesses have. Usually those, the clients we deal with start with they have one person internally that's doing the invoicing, that's doing the payments, that's doing the the AP, the AR, they're doing the the month end, but in reality, they need to help from their external CPA to do so. But- with our team, it brings out a whole structure. Like I said, we have bookkeepers, we have financial controllers, we have CPA. It gives us the possibility to grow in a structure that's more, that's more rugged. So this is where we, we say financial solution as in we're a, a one-stop shop for their whole monthly accounting, right? We bring out a, a recipe, a solution that can grow with them.
1: And you're focusing your marketing as well on internal controls and having good controls in your business, which makes sense because once you grow beyond, say, 10 people, you're a 50-person organization, 75 people, Mm -hmm. like you said, that's where accounting and finance can get out of control. And Mm -hmm. I love that it's in your name. It's La Controller, and you're focusing your marketing on efficient and rigorous
0: financial controls. It's it's a right-in-your-face type of marketing, right? The name says it all. Le Controir means financial control. But if I'm so passionate about building approval workflows, building accounting workflows that are rigged at my clients' pens, I you will understand that internally, we have most of and more of all those processes internally, to produce great reporting, to produce great bookkeeping, to produce great financial control is to have a really great structure internally, not only in, in, in titles, but in actual processes operationally and the follow through and the follow up on all those processes. So we've built our team as a really, um, we say we're like an, an NBA team or an NFL team, right? It's a, it's a whole group of really performance, performance-ridden type of team that can build the best uh, financial solution and that has the great organization. Something we also apply directly in our marketing, as you'll see, is most accounting firm base their marketing around uh, people, the, the interaction with people. And uh, that's something we, we've gone a little different then to try to show people that we're a technology first business and our, our ecosystem will be different than what they already have. Our financial system will probably be different than what we, they already have. The type of automation we build with them will probably be different than what they already have. Our clients, like I said, are growing business. They want that change. They're looking for someone to push the needle technologically. That's why we we show Uh, animations. We show products. We show robots that do verification. We show a little more of this technology side of the accounting world. And we feel in in the upcoming years, two, three, five years, 10 years, the role of the accountant and of the financial controller will really change in the same way as technology has evolved. The same way we did accounting 10 years ago, a lot different than we are doing it today. It will change as of you'll want a team of really intelligent and wise people that can understand not only finance, but technology because it's, it's intertwined in our world, right? Uh, Understanding better reporting is also being able to, to be a little of a data analyst of understanding how a certain ERP is able to give us some information that we can include in our monthly reporting to give a little more value, not only financially, but also operationally. So the finance and uh, the IT of it all, the technology, seems intertwined, or for us, clearly is. That's why we're showing it so much on our, on our marketing. And you're using
1: all cloud-based systems. Uh, is that something that is an easy sell in Quebec? Are companies there uh, as... Well, I would say you know most Main Street businesses here in the U.S. are pretty, at least when I had my firm 10 years ago, we were very far behind with tech and cloud. We've come a long way since then where now something like 80% of QuickBooks users are on the online version. Is it similar in Quebec or is it a little farther behind, further ahead? Where are you at?
0: I feel it's a little farther behind, to be honest. Though in the last three and a half year, four years of her business, it changed dramatically. Uh, three years ago, it was a complete different world. One of the big aspects, COVID had a really big aspect on going cloud for sure. Not only people are are not are remote and they're not in in their actual uh, their actual office, the proximity to data has been a great focus for much business. And being clouded is being able to have data whenever you want, wherever you want, that made a a big change. Though in Quebec, I feel we're a little on the back foot, unfortunately, due to the language barrier. There's so much great software that are produced in the US, New Zealand, Australia, in Europe, that people are reluctant to use Due to the fact that it's only, only in English, and that it's not a bilingual portal, how we've been able to circumvent this uh, this difficulty here is that most of our ecosystem, our financial ecosystem, is not necessarily client facing. A lot of it is used internally, so all our approval routings they're done internally. How, how all of our portal that do AP that do AR the it's working here internally, and the people that work here are bilingual. They're they want to push forward with technology. We're looking for that type of uh, that type of uh, of teammate, right? So that has been a big change because QuickBooks Online, like you know, it's it's in all language, right? So the front-facing part, the reporting part to the client, we're able to to push it in French, though to use the greatest tool, unfortunately, is to work in. English. All the greatest tools are done in English. That's why I think in the broad market, people have been more reluctant to make the switch, though it hasn't been a real difficulty for us because we're using it internally and not necessarily at the client facing wise. That would be a difference I see in in both our market.
1: Thank you to our sponsor ApprovalMax, the number one tool to get bills and expenses approved quickly. ApprovalMax integrates with QBO, Xero, and NetSuite so you can build an automated approval workflow without giving everyone access to the accounting system. ApprovalMax approvers don't need to access the general ledger and only ever see information relevant to the documents that require their approval. The approval workflows can be as complex or as simple as you need them. You can implement a variety of rules for each approval step and have as many steps as you like. For example, the marketing director approves all the marketing department's expenses. No matter how complex your approval structure is, it can be automated with ApprovalMax. Approvers can use the web app or mobile app to make quick and easy approvals. Approvers can even securely approve from an email notification. They just have to click the approve or reject button to make their decision. Now there's no paper and no excuse to sit on approvals. In fact, with ApprovalMax, 25% of bills are approved in less than two hours, and 50% of bills are approved in less than one day. But ApprovalMax isn't just for approving bills. You can use it to create, approve, and send purchase orders to suppliers, then match those POs to vendor bills when received. You can also use ApprovalMax to implement a supplier onboarding and approval process, a key control to prevent fraud. If you're on Zero, you can use ApprovalMax to route and approve sales invoices and credit notes. You can even use ApprovalMax to create standalone workflows for approval of any request or document beyond AP and AR. For example, you can use ApprovalMax to route contract approvals, proposed capital expenditures, requests for time off, and travel requests. Your team will love ApprovalMax, and so will your auditors. ApprovalMax posts a detailed audit report into the general ledger along with each approved document. Give your auditors access to all the approval workflows in read-only mode so that they can easily view and analyze your approval process. You can generate reports on documents pending approval, documents approved, and even potential fraud detected. Customers say ApprovalMax is a game-changer that delivers improved efficiency, time savings, easier compliance, as well as data accuracy, and they're thrilled to reap the positive benefits of going paperless as a result. Learn more and sign up for a free trial of ApprovalMax at ApprovalMax.com. So let's talk about the uh, the tools that you are using. Obviously, QuickBooks Online is your general ledger. What else is in the mix? If I'm a client, what are you going to introduce
0: me to? So much. Um... In reality, we have, I would say, a base recipe that works for pretty much all all clients or that have a, a great capacity in all types of client. But what we've did in the last year, year and a half, that has been a big change internally for us is to work on specific verticals. Staying away from being a generalist, but building a team of specialists. So we have specific uh, activity domain on which we have a, a greater specialty, not only accounting-wise, but since we have most clients in in those domains, we gain operational wisdom to to bring out to their reporting. So that has been a big change. But um, to go back to the financial ecosystem, all our clients are on QuickBooks Online. We're a QuickBooks Online-only firm. And we use some AP system, some AR system. We use a Payment system so that we can have approval payment and we don't pay through the banking of our clients. We use approval routing uh, system. We use a backup for QuickBooks Online. There's multiple uh, multiple modules or add-on that that clicks on to, to QuickBooks. So to give a, a, an idea of a big change we did in the in the last uh, in the last year is we integrated a new a new add-on for most of our client that's based around approval routing, approval routing of bills to pay. And since pretty much all of our client has the same core recipe, it's easy to find a new system that has great value, test it out for one or two clients, and see if it's a possibility to bring it out to to much. So we have this, this leeway since we're pretty much all in the same structure. Where it really changes is depending on the the domain that we're we're looking for. We're really big in manufacturing. We're really big in professional services, IT businesses, engineers, architectural firm, marketing firm, on which we have a different recipe or some software that adds on to better integrate with their operations or with their internal ERP that we're used to working with. So everyone has a core recipe, but then we go through more specific uh, modules. If you're a manufacturer, you're an engineering firm to to produce better data, for sure. So walk me through
1: a typical workflow. Uh, let's say I'm am your client and I've got a bill to pay. What do I do <laughs> with that? You know, invoice that I've received, and maybe it was mailed to me at
0: my office. Right. What do I do with it? So there's there's multiple ways for us to deal with uh, with uh, invoice to pay that the most clearer part of understanding it is QuickBook is our source of truth. We want only data that goes into QuickBooks that has been verified, approved, checked, controlled, and then it's ready eventually to pay, right? That has gone through all the stops. So we're using an OCR technology, a really common system that's called Dext, that actually produce a, a clouded, A source of document, so people would either take a photo of their bill, they would send it through email to a specific address, on which it will connect to their their Dex account, and Dex would create a a ledger of all invoices, classed by vendors that have uh, that have appeared on invoices. So we have a system that reads the invoice, reads the taxes, reads the the possible ledger that it should be routed to, but. That's not enough. Only codifying an invoice and sending it to QuickBooks online is not enough for us to be called le contrôleur. We're looking for financial controls, approval, uh, verification. So we have an in-between between Dex and QuickBooks, which I feel most cloud, clouded accounting firm use, uh, Dex and QuickBooks or Dex and Zero. Um, but we're looking. We had been looking for a while for an in-between that give us the possibility to build out approval workflows. For us, it's a system called Approval Max. Uh, it's a European uh, software, and what Approval Max does is actually create approval workflows for POs. So having the possibility to create purchase order that aren't in QuickBooks. QuickBooks have the possibility to create purchase order. Zero has to, but it's. It's a simpler simpler features, right? So build it, being able to produce p o in in approval max, being able to route them for approval and acceptance, and then pushing it in QuickBooks. So when we receive an invoice index, it'll eventually be pushed to our approval max module on which we'll route to whatever routing the client is is looking forward, sending it to the project manager, sending it to. Someone on in administration, then the project manager, two level, two level approval, uh, sending to three people if it's over ten thousand bucks, whatever type of, a, of approval they're they're looking for. So then, eventually, if the whole workflow has been gone through, then the invoice is correctly pushed in QuickBooks as a verified control and correctly codified invoice. So. QuickBooks is really the source of the truth. We see so, so many accounting firms or, or we feel so many clients of ours pushing invoices that aren't in a payment ready state in their accounting system and going on either paper or email to follow through with, with approval that they aren't able to report on, they aren't able to show, well, this this person were waiting on five invoices to to be reporting on. We're waiting for two approval for those invoices. That's why it's not in the system. So we built a whole Dex Approval Max and QuickBooks solution that pretty much all of our clients have. And that's the AP module. It's hard to explain to a client at first because it's three system. Why do you need three system to codify Approve and process an invoice. But in reality, the fact that it's in three different systems, it gives us great specification. So DEX is really good at producing and codifying invoices due to their OCR. Approval Max is really good at approval routing. So we're getting the best of all three modules since it's a standalone product, right? We're just bringing them together. So that would be the life cycle of an invoice to be produced as, like I said, a source of truth in QuickBooks. The end of the life of an invoice would be to pay it. Uh, In our case, since we're, like I said, based on financial control and security, we're not looking to have an account in the bank of our client to then produce the payment from. We want it to be approved. We want it to be verified. So we're using a Canadian software that's called Pluto in, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And they specialize on outgoing payments. So even when we're at the state of having all of it verified and be ready to pay, our financial controller go out goes every Monday through the whole cash flow of the business, see what they have to pay. And then they send those payments for final approval to an administrator or to administrator of the client that actually press the button that sends the funds. We're not looking to have security level in, in their banking system much more than we should. We're, we're really conservative in how controls should be done. So seems like a long cycle of uh, the life of, of an invoice, but in reality, it's fast, it's user-friendly all the way through, and it's reportable all the way through. It gives us great access
1: to that. So, how often are your employees going into Dex and processing transactions? Are they doing it on a daily basis, weekly basis? What's the cadence of all this?
0: We have a, a schedule based around a week of work. So, every week of work for, let's say, our, our bookkeepers, the people that are the, the employees that are working in Dex, every week is pretty similar, but it's spaced around Five days. So we go index three days in the week, specific days that are already uh, specified. They go through we try to build the workflows internally and processes so that since we're using so many softwares, our bookkeeper can actually do all of their clients in one system and go through the next system. And not following the normal order of following through a whole cycle of one client but actually being able to process decks for all their clients then be able to process what they have to do in approval max for all their clients separating around software because like i said we have so many software that are connected they're always linked to a task to an actual task codifying invoice approving invoice so doing it by separating the the week into which system we are going into is actually separating the week in what in what task we're actually doing, um, one thing we're really, really proud of, my, my partner at, and I is building task board for our employees every week. So we have a an internal system that's based around the retainer of our clients that have multiple modules, let's say AP, AR, payment, uh, approval, end of month, taxes. Annual obligations for for the government. It's all different retainers built in a in a system on which we can produce recurrent ta- tasks. So every day our employees go into this this internal system. What what is that called system Axelo. called? It's it's called Axelo. A a no, A C C E L O. Yeah, oh yeah, I've um, heard of that. They've been around for a little while. Yeah. Yes, they they originally were created as a project management system, but they've now uh, ventured into different module. We're really using the retainer module that's based around creating recurrent tasks. So every morning, every employee of the business, I'll, I have a task board, will have a task board. Everyone has a task board that they can log into and see what are the tasks to be done for this specific date, for this specific week. We can reroute if they have to send a task to someone else or send to another day so that everyone has an an in-depth schedule every day. The reason we're doing this is, uh, as accountants, uh, uh, everyone will know we have so many things to remember. It's impossible the number of things we have to remember. So imagine having multiple clients to produce accounting on, It, it gets exponentially complicated. So we've built out a whole internal process way to to create recurrent tasks on which everyone has a board. So through the whole week, to get back to your question, I think we go index three times a week. We do payment once. It's always on the Monday. So there's specific dates that in the the week that has a, a meaning, but it's all based around a retainer period that are processed in our internal system.
1: And how do you manage your capacity? Does a bookkeeper get X number of clients on average? Does a controller have so many clients? Like, like what's
0: the load that, that you can handle? It's, it's a pyramid for sure. So being a bookkeeper here, you have less client on which you're actually being able to work on than a financial control because a financial control has less work to do in the month than a, than a bookkeeper. So there's a different number there. What also makes it a little difficult for us is small business. They're all different, right? They all have different needs. They all all have different number of, of hours to process on. Um, our way of, of working with clients is really simple. It's a simple one-time fee every month. So it's a recurring invoice with a specific fee. And Internally, this fee represents a number of hours for the internal CPA, for the department that deal with internal controls. It has a certain number of hours for bookkeeper, for financial controller. So then we build out this whole recurrent tasks based around what we've made a fixed fee pricing of. So internally, bookkeepers work on less clients. And... To to be honest with you, uh, with the type of technology we use, a a solely one bookkeeper can easily work with five, six, seven clients at a time. Just because we automate so much of the actual punching Mm -hmm. of data, that what we're looking for is, like I said, intelligent, brilliant people that can see exceptions, that can understand harder classifications of accounting. So our bookkeepers are I would say I tier bookkeepers because we're looking for people that can see exceptions and not necessarily punch in that. That number is interesting
1: because uh, I always like to ask it because it really tells you something about the type of clients you're working with. (laughs) For instance, if if you're doing just write-up type of bookkeeping work, which my firm was based a a lot around that, much smaller businesses than the ones that you work with, we would do essentially monthly bookkeeping uh, write-up. And if that's all that a bookkeeper was doing, they could potentially handle 20 or 30 or even more Mm -hmm. if they were an all-star. But you're doing, you are basically replacing the internal accounting team at a company. They are using you for it all. So you have a lower client to bookkeeper ratio than say a pure bookkeeping company
0: would. I always say it's an in-depth relationship we have with clients, right? It's it's as if we represent an employee, one or two employees, a team. We're really close with them. And also, we're not dealing with really small clients that we do bookkeeping every three months. We're not interested in that Mm -hmm. kind of business. What drives people here from being a bookkeeper to being a financial controller is actually growing the The client's business understanding their needs, being on the ground floor with them, even though we're all remote, we feel like we're on the ground floor with them. This is why the number of client is lowered for sure than than what you're comparing to because it's at the in depth relationship, right, even at the bookkeeper level, but significantly higher fees since you're
1: replacing headcount for them
0: yes, yeah, yes, yes, um we feel like it depends on all clients for sure uh sometimes our fees account to let's say wh- when we have a prospect some t- sometimes our fees is come comparative to replacing one person some sometimes it's comparing to replacing two person what we usually see and in this type of market of every business needing employee everyone needing uh trying to to recruit uh what we see is in the implementation side when we there's already a great team internally for the client let's say one or two people that are doing administrative work and accounting work we actually just take out the accounting side of the the their work but every client keeps their great resource right we're not we're not never feel like we're stealing job because people are always staying they're always staying to 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 work at the client's expense, and it's usually a more interactive work for them. They're doing internal sales, they're doing administration, they're doing HR, they're doing what they're they're most likely loving about their work, and not doing grunt accounting work, right? So, our clients usually feel like we're not replacing; we're we're switching where the work is done. No, mm-hmm. the people usually stay in the business to to add value their way.
1: But the client is feeling a pain point, which is, I have people that are doing accounting and other stuff, and yes. accounting is probably not what they were born to do. Um, mm-hmm. So, ultimately, they they would, as an alternative to hiring you, hire an in-house controller. So, yes. when you yes. price your services, is that how you think about it? Do you think about it in comparison to what an what an in-house controller would cost, or an in-house bookkeeper mm-hmm. would cost, or... Because I, I, you mentioned that you are um, creating a, a time estimate internally, but yes, you don't you don't sell it that way. You don't price it that way to customers, do you? When you give them that fixed no, fee? no, we don't.
0: Okay, yeah, it's only it's only a fixed fee. Though you're right, we compare ourselves to them adding an internal controller or them adding, let's say, a more specialized accountant or specialized bookkeeper. It depends on the client for sure. Some some clients were doing more of the bookkeeping side. Some clients are really pushing forward for the CFO services. So that changes the fee for sure. One thing that's a big, big difference in that that clients really understand after dealing six, eight months with us is there's a big difference between having an internal employee and having an external team that works for them. So we have a multidisciplinary team that has the possibility to respond to much question. Having one person, you're, of course, it's a liability in terms of uh, of leaving, of changing work. Of So we're there to stay. That's the first big difference. And the second is if you're, adding an internal controller Well, you're solely representing him as your source of truth and accounting and also his idea of approval workflows his idea of building your your accounting uh, ecosystem internally right here we're we're selling a team we're selling multiple views of seeing a problem every day we have questions that we have to go through the team to better understand better respond, better line up the client with the the right answer, right? So being able to sell it as a team, which is actually what we are, is a big difference for client. And sometimes the kicker for saying, well, I'm paying the same thing as if I was paying an internal controller. They're not going to be here in the office next to me, but they're always a phone call away. And I know I can speak to him her him her and they all have a different specialty that i could maybe see in the growth of my business because maybe at this moment you're not looking for having someone that's really uh, ingrained in internal controls or or approval routing but in the future growing your business a little you'll need that well Mm -hmm. we can evolve with the client that's a big big change yeah, the continuity is a big
1: advantage in working with a team like yours mm-hmm. uh, since everywhere, it seems, the job market is so competitive. It's an em- employee's mm-hmm. job market, and so people tend to, to leave roles. And the last thing you want is to have to train a new controller and teach
0: them about your business over and over again. At that level, you're looking for a partner. I always, I always say this to clients, like, if you're looking for an internal controller, uh, you're looking for someone that you want to build the next couple of years with. You want some someone that's going to stay, that's going to build a hard structure, that's going to be able to help you grow in the many ways you want to grow. So it's it's not it's not a normal employee. I don't feel like finance and accounting is is a role that's that's. Uh, that's standard in a Mm. it's standard in all business but it has the possibility to tank you or to make you grow and elevate and this is the trend we're looking for
1: so one of the challenges with a team approach a team that serves the client is then making sure that everyone's on the same page when the client has a question or a problem so how do you how do you communicate with your clients are you are you using technology for that or is it email is it chat you mentioned phone.
0: How yeah. do you stay on top of all that? We we all have VOIP phones, though in reality we're we're using, it's, I'm happy that, that you're talking about it because it's not something I often have to, to speak about, though it's one of my proudest achievement internally. Um, we're using a system that's called Front, Front App, mm-hmm. um, which is in reality like a ticketing app, just as if we were a call center, let's say. But uh, what happens is our clients always have a, an email address that's connected to their accounting, right? Accounting at client, administration at client. In reality, since we're an employee of theirs, and since we're, like I said, in-depth relationship, we also have a an email address at their expense. It's not clienta.controller.co. It's actually an, an email address that they're on their servers. On their domain. So on their domain, okay. exactly. So we're part of their team. We integrate this, this email through the app that I talked about, Front App, which now we're able to Collaborate around emails directly on there. It's it's a platform on which we have inboxes for all of our clients that we're able to restrict who's seeing which inbox, who's seeing which which uh, emails. We're able to collaborate around emails, tag emails on specific tags that gives us automated workflow to remind uh, that it's an urgent let's say, order so that it should be routed to this teammate or this teammate. We have a, a really good automated way of dealing with uh, with interactions. Of course, if it's not going through emails, let's say our clients always have the phone numbers of their financial controller or their bookkeeper, They're they're able to just call them as if it was a team member. But we always put forward to working with emails because we're more rapid, more collaborated, and we have better answers and better follow through if it goes through email. And we always say that at first to the clients and they're always, um, they're, they're never convinced. They always start by saying, no, I want to speak on the phone with the with the Roxanne or with the Florence. But in reality, after a couple months, they see that our internal routing of emails is so proficient and so efficient that it's easier for them to just send a small email and know that it will come in the right inbox at the right time and the right people will contact them. Mm -hmm. So uh, being able to have this, like I said, I don't usually talk about front because it's not not a typical thing to talk about, but it has been one of the biggest add-on internally we did for our accounting firm how to deal with all those emails. Yeah. We're not using Outlook. We're not using Gmail. We're using a dedicated software that's based around call-centery, let's say, email managerial type of um, system that actually produce efficient response and quick response to our client. To give you an idea, we're receiving that the last couple of reports, I've, I have just read the October reports, You were receiving about 5,500, 6,000 emails a month. So it's a really, really big flow of data to treat. A lot of those are invoices that are able to be routed in our our ecosystem. A lot of it are also client demands that have levels of urgencies and uh, levels of, based around the agreements they have, based around the actual demand they have. So being able to use system that integrates all clients' emails and that are directly in line with the tasks we have to do gives us great efficiency, for sure. I love that you are
1: using Front and that you're talking about this because I feel like it's a big missed opportunity in most firms. A lot Mm -hmm. of the problems in firms come from communication being siloed in individual email inboxes and Mm -hmm. What Front essentially gives you is a shared email box for every client, and you can have multiple mm-hmm. for each client if you want. And the client just emails one address, and they know it's going to yes. get to the right person. And it's something that has been so successful for software companies; they use support it, at can, acello.com yeah, or you know support mm-hmm. at uh, QuickBooks or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they're using those kind of ticketing systems on the back end because mm-hmm. it allows you to actually track. Um, Response times to clients.
0: Yes, SLE levels, response times, reporting yes. on this, being able to follow through with the team. It's it's uh, uh, like I said, a big miss. I feel. and internally, I shouldn't say this, but our employees are our internal controllers that produce the year end documentation to send to the year end accountant to do the to do the actual tax and the actual work. They're always so happy that the the external accountant sends messages twice. We already sent a documentation, but they're asking it again, so that it's so easier for us in front to just see the whole package of what we sent. Reroute an email saying, "Oh, we already sent this documentation <laughs> on this date," because it's so easy to produce. Yeah. Uh, front is a good is a good solution. There's also zendesk mm-hmm. there's also other systems that are based around it teams for support just like you did this is where our uh, so where we took the idea of what if we were more of a support team more of a well based around support systems that can actually do this so you were talking about response time but if you would see the number of rules we have on those inboxes to follow through on to, to specific people, assign specific teammates, assign a group when it's a specific person that sends an email. It, there's so much that you can do internally to make it faster. At the start, it was, let's say, more complicated when people are coming from Outlook, they're coming from Gmail, they're used to working with this email client. It's It takes some time to to, to bring them to understand why shared mailbox and signing work is better mm-hmm. but on the on the client side it's so easy for them to just remember one email one way of communicating and we sign we always sign our name they know if the they know who Roxanne is they know who Florence is they know who the the team members are that work with their team they, Speak with them on Teams, they speak in them, they speak with them on Zoom, but being able to just send one way and be done with it, it's uh, it seems like a really great solution for our client.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I use a tool right now called Hiver, which we're on okay. we're on Google Apps, and so um, it's a it's a support it's a plugin for Chrome that <laughs> integrates with Gmail. So it takes away one of the disadvantages of a system like this, is which is people are used to Outlook, they're used to Gmail, and now yes. they have to learn a new client, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And Hiver allows you to create those shared inboxes inside of your Gmail with with you know some success. Uh, as a plugin, though, it's less reliable than a separate web app. So mm-hmm. I have my own reservations about it. But it's a great way if you're on Google. I know most firms are not, but if you're on Google, it's a great way to build, to try it out test out something like that. The,
0: yep. We're an in, in O365 uh, firm, right? We're, we're on on Microsoft uh, softwares all the way. Um, but I know that all, all systems that we talked about, uh, Front, uh, Zendesk, uh, all those support-based softwares, they're able to connect to every channel. So to be honest with you, Front is not only a tool that we use for... Uh, client interaction but it's also it also has a channel for all leads that coming to the website yes all leads that comes to facebook or all leads that come through instagram like it has the possibility to connect you with multiple channels uh, that are not necessarily client channels that could be internals on which only internal members that should be should be restricted to see those see them and alleviate some other pain of having a, a, a specific email for which to send a request from the from the website let's say so it has it's multifaceted it's not only client facing
1: so there's one more area of your technology stack we haven't talked about that i'd love to get to uh in our time left and that is how you report to clients so mm-hmm. this can be a very tedious process i think many of us are used to logging into quickbooks exporting reports formatting them in excel, pdfing them, sending them to clients. I'm going to guess you're not doing that. So, tell no. me how you produce reports for clients and and I'm especially interested because you're focusing a lot on, you know, the managerial aspect of this. These are mm-hmm. not just reports for compliance purposes, these are reports to help clients run their businesses better. You mentioned you have KPIs. So, yeah, tell mm-hmm. us about tell
0: us about how you do that. It's the funnest part. For sure, of our ecosystem, it's where financial controller have the most of their time. Um, we don't report in QuickBooks, like like you said we we use let's say the tax report from QuickBooks to do tax compliance. But in reality, what's all front facing client is a specific tool for reporting, so a specific add on that's added to, to QuickBooks Online. In our case, we're using we're using Fathom HQ. Um, been a while for been a while we're using this solution. we haven't found any better uh, better product at the moment there than than fathom HQ due to the fact that it has in depth and more advanced feature that we need to do great financial control. So this system connects to QuickBooks Online and it fetches all the data and it brings it to uh, a new reporting tool. So in this tool, we do multiple things. we first of all create all KPIs, either financially or non-financial KPIs that are really important for the client. So this is where all the, the KPI intelligence uh, lies to. The second thing we do in HQ is do actual reporting. So we have report templates for all clients. Uh, the, they're all, they all have a core, a core idea, but they're all a little different, dep- little different depending on what their actual ad- objectives are, what their targets are. Uh, which specific operational KPIs they're looking for. So it, there's always a little difference between all reports. And the third thing we do in Fathom HQ is forecasting. So there's a specific feature that was launched a little over a year ago for forecasting. This is where all we do all our budgeting for clients. We follow one budget that we built on Fathom. So all of our clients has a have the uh, well all administrators uh, have a license in Fathom it's a fund facing software for us they're able to go on there alone they all already know how to follow on their budget already know how to follow on their their target their objectives their KPI but once a month when we do the month end we push all the right reports corrected with annotations of what has happened in the month, not only financially but also operationally, since we're so close to the client, we can already know what what has happened and what big things operationally has skewed the financial one way or the other. So they already they always have a big report every month. And we do an actual presentation. Like I said, it's a mandatory presentation every month we talk every financial controller has an hour an hour and a half 2 hours with the client to go over the the financials but not only talking about the reporting and the financial side of it but also talking about operations what happened what's causing this how we can modify this is there something we can automate on our side financially that could help them have a better data to be able to to work on operations a certain way. It's a really, it's a teamwork. It's a, it's a brainstorm and a teamwork session every, every month that we do with, the, with client. Um, mm-hmm. They, like I said, have all different KPIs. Um, one reason, if I can vouch a little more for Fathom HQ, one reason it's, uh, I feel unbeatable at the moment, it's because we can cross-reference financial and non-financial data. So I'll give you a simple but great examples. We deal with a lot of IT consultant businesses. Those are call center type of teams that, uh, that have, let's say, up to 500 clients on which they're doing the IT services for, right? They all have complicated contracts that include time, Some products, some expenses, and they all have a really great ERP internally that can produce great reporting on uh, agreement profits. Okay, so gross profit on specific types of agreements. Those are all data that are not necessarily in your GL. It's not coming from QuickBooks, right? Even though I can report on on a lot of financial KPIs, I can't go in-depth operationally to better understand the client. Where Fathom has a really big advantage we feel in the market is I'm able to produce their reports, those reports in their ERP and bring out, let's say, billable time, gross profit on agreements, whole utilization report for their employee and bring it out really simply through an Excel sheet or just directly in Fathom to cross-reference financial and non-financial data. So when they see their whole report at the end of the month, it's not only financial gibberish that they don't understand and we have to go six months over to, under, to, to explain what uh, a working capital is. It's close to what they're actually dealing with, right? Oh, we had a better month in our service department and our billable rate went up, right? How does our billable rate and our utilization rate of the team compares to the margin we're able to to bring on as a service team in the GL, right? Those are all comparison that we're able to do since we're referencing mm-hmm. two types of data. It's so
1: important. Uh, if you only present the financial information, you're missing half or more of the key data. Arguably, operational data is far more important than the financial Indeed. data. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed.
0: And, and this is where it's it gets complicated. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go, please go, go
1: ahead. I, where does it get where does it get complicated?
0: It it gets complicated for accounting firm to produce operational data. I feel and understand the operations of the client because they're not connected to it. Since we're we have a, such an in depth relationship with the client, we're able to understand their pain point even. Operational pain points that we that we can uh, elevate our reporting to show uh, good, to show the bad. This is something that when you're doing year-end accounting, you can never do. And if I'm able to produce a report monthly that brings out operational business, uh, operational uh, data and financial data, we feel like it's a complete view. And to go back to what we've started uh, to talk about, comparing an internal controller to team service, this is one area where I feel having a team, having we have team members here that are specialized in doing implementation, not only financial implementation, we do some operational implementation too. Well, they have the capacity to understand ERPs to bring out great data, this is not something I feel a lone financial controller would necessarily be able or be inclined, right? Since we have a team of multidisciplinary people, we can take the best of of everyone, mm-hmm. um, and it and it makes another point to what I was talking before. I feel the future of our business, the future of accounting, lies between finance and accounting and technology and. This is how we're utilizing both of those to create the greatest report is to be able to show that even if the operational uh, system is more complicated or it's technology-wise a little more advanced, we're able to bring out those data and make it speak with the rest of the financial side. So this is where I feel technology and finance, it's, it's intertwined a lot. And it will be much more in the future.
1: Felix, it has been wonderful speaking with you and learning about Le Controller. And (laughs) your insights into the future of our profession are just really wonderful. Um, it, It makes me excited to be an accountant. So thank you. If our listeners would like to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing and about your firm, where should they go?
0: Thank you so much, first of all, Blake, to, for the invitation and the and the kind, uh, kind open conversation. If people want to get in touch with us, either to speak on an actual business problem, to speak on a software problem, or, or an ecosystem uh, problem, I'll be glad to, to answer all questions. You can go directly to our website. It's in French, so I'll spell it out: C O N. T-R-O-L-E-U-R dot C Contrôleur.ca You can go through this website or email me directly at F L A T O U R F L A T O at Contrôleur.ca So uh, uh, glad to speak with you.
1: And we will have those links in the show notes for this episode. Felix, have a great rest of your week and and great rest of your year. Perfect. Thank you so much, Blake. Have a, have a really good day. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something new. And if you did, wouldn't it be nice to get some CPE credit for it? Well, I've got great news. My new app, Earmark CPE, offers free NASBA-approved CPE credits for listening to podcasts, including this one. Visit earmarkcpe.com to download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. That's earmarkcpe.com.